Hey, I'm Veronica. Hey, I'm Casey, and we are so excited that you are here with us on the Thriving Mompreneurs podcast. Yes, motherhood comes with so many different stages, and each stage looks a little different than the one before. Here, you will find perspectives, tools, and advice on a mama in the toddler stages and in the teenage stages and anything in between. So if you can relate to either of those, you are in for a treat. Are you a professional multitasker? Well, turns out it is possible and we are experts at juggling all the things. Do you find yourself waiting for this mom and business thing to get better? Are you ready to start feeling excited for every day? What would you be able to do if you were energized and present in your home and in your business? We have been there too. Mom guilt, the mental load, exhaustion, you name it, we've been there. And the truth is, being a mompreneur is hard work. And that's okay. It wasn't until we started working on ourselves from the inside out that we started to see major shifts in our lives. You can thrive in every stage of motherhood and business, and we are going to do it together. Each week on this podcast, you will learn how to turn your mind and body into your greatest asset. You will feel seen and heard, getting to know other hardworking mompreneurs, and you will get tangible tools on how to implement changes immediately to create harmony in your mind, body, business, and home. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone, and welcome. We have a special guest here. Danielle is going to tell us a little bit about her story in just a minute. First things first, I want to welcome you to join us in our free community, the Thriving Mompreneurs Facebook community, where you can stay connected with us, but we also want you to connect with more powerhouse business and family-minded women. So hop over to the link in the show notes to join us and check out the resources we have for you there. All right. So today I have Danielle Leptif, not only a mother of two, but also a multi-certified life coach specializing in overcoming things like overthinking, people-pleasing, and self-limiting beliefs. So we are going to hear her story today. Hey, Danielle. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thanks for being here. So one of the things I love to ask first off is just tell me about you know your story in becoming a mom. And then I would love to hear your story in all of the certifications that you hold and how that kind of got to be. Sure. Um, so I had a kind of a difficult past and, um, shortly before becoming a mom, I had been diagnosed with PTSD. I was in a really low place and then found out that I was pregnant and it, the first couple of weeks, we weren't sure if it was a viable pregnancy. So that was still a little rough, but as soon as I found out it was, and then I found out I was having a girl, it was kind of just the jump start I needed to start healing. And like learning things like boundaries and just overall putting myself like through, I don't know, like self-care basically and taking care of myself and really just working on getting better, stopping the panic attacks and the overthinking and all of that. Um, because I realized, you know, I need to be able to take care of this child. So I definitely have to be able to take care of myself. And especially knowing it was a girl and, you know, a lot of the issues that I went through were probably things that, you know, a a boy might not necessarily have gone through. So I feel like a lot of things are specific to pains that women experience more often. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is learned from watching our mothers or other women in our lives go through similar things. So I knew I wanted to be a strong woman that could set a really good example for my daughter. 
that she could learn to grow up being a strong woman who loved herself. And yeah, it was, it was definitely knowing that. And especially once she was born, I was kind of just like, you know, staring down at this beautiful little face. And I'm like, I need to make this world a better place for you. So it wasn't just making myself stronger, but the world she was going to be in. And so I took all of the things that I was learning through my own healing journey. And um, I started taking courses and researching everything so that I could turn that around and start helping other women who were in similar situations. So it started out with just blogging. And then the more I learned, the more I was like, I really want to work one-on-one with people and, and really help them to make something good come out of the bad that I went through. Yeah. And hopefully skip some of the missteps that happened along the way on the journey. So yeah, that pretty much launched into me starting Emily Ever After Co., which my daughter is Emily. So I named after her. And she was like my, I called it my ever after moment because I realized like there is a happily ever after. There is a spot like a happiness after trauma. And she made me realize it. So I wanted to like, you know, launch it all in because of her. And yeah. Yeah, that that pretty much started everything. So I went and got certified uh, as a life coach and then specialized in, I have a certification in people-pleasing coaching, empowerment coaching, and cognitive behavioral therapy coaching, as well as I went through a mom coaching program, so specifically to work with moms as well. Uh, And right now I'm working on a hypnotherapy certification. Wow. So many things. I love it. (laughs) I like to stay busy. (laughs) I feel like that is the corner of this part of the internet, at least. We all are a little bit multi-passionate, so I love it. Um, I think my question and just hearing, you know, that beautiful story, I I love getting to hear your story because I love we've gotten to chat outside of this as well. And I'm just so glad you're here to gift everybody else as well. Um, (laughs) But my question is, you know, I feel like there are a lot of you you said that so beautifully, but there are so many steps. What is, you know, was it, did you start this journey through pregnancy? What, like, what was the, I guess, tipping point for you that was like, okay, this is my new path. This is where I'm going to go. Yeah. So I think, um, it was right around when I found out I was pregnant, I started, uh, I actually went to hypnotherapy as a patient and I also started seeing a regular therapist, like with talk therapy. And the combination, um, I started going, I was going like at least once a week. I was, I was really messed up, um, like <laughs> nonstop crying. Like I cried more than I didn't. I had panic attacks daily. I had trouble like just functioning. And, um, I, I kept getting stuck in these cycles of rumination and mm-hmm. reliving the worst moments of my life. And I was, I was scared all the time. And then you know, I would have my brief moments where my husband would kind of pull me out of it. And, you know, he would remind me of who I was and we would have like, you know, a nice night or a date night or something. And I would have these brief moments and remember, you know, the happy me that existed for a while. And then uh, I would slip back out of it. And so he was the one who actually was like, I'm really scared. You know, I I think you should see someone. Mm. And so it wasn't really for me that I was doing it first. I was kind of just doing it to get him to leave me alone. (laughs) Because, <laughs> um, you know, when when you're really depressed and everything, you just want to be left alone, like you don't want to deal with anything. And so I was kind of like, all right, if I agree to go to the see this guy, then he'll leave me alone and let me cuddle up in my bed and and be in the quiet. And yeah, but it was it was very quickly within like the first couple of weeks of seeing the hypnotherapist, especially that I was kind of like, wow, like this is this is crazy. It can be so different. And it was, I think, like two weeks into it that I found that I was pregnant and I was like, 
okay. So I told the guy right away, cause I'm like, if, if this, I didn't really quite understand hypnotherapy yet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if this guy's like, you know, messing around inside my mind, like he should know that there's a baby in there. There's two now. Yeah. Yeah. So I figured that could have a strong effect. And when I told him, he kind of like turned it around on me and was like, well, think about that. Like there's, there's another life there. And you know, every, all the work you're doing now, like, yes, it's primarily for you, but you're also working for her. And I was like, you're right. Like there's this life and and I need mm-hmm. to be able to take care of her and provide for her and inspire her. Um, so yeah, it was, it was right away with that. So it, it helps me to kind of dive in and take the session seriously mm-hmm. rather than just being there to be there. Right. And yeah, that once I started doing that, it, it, like we really dove into a lot of my past, like my childhood and figuring out why I allowed myself, not that I allowed myself to be in bad situations, but I didn't have strong enough boundaries. And that like, it took me into situations where I was hurt big time and it like just not taken care of, not provided for. And like, even by myself, like I didn't take care of myself. I didn't provide for myself. I ended up in very dangerous situations because I was so eager to please, um, to make myself feel loved and feel valuable. And so I did everything for everyone else. And it just, it wasn't a good mindset. Mm. And I thought that's what being a good person was. So he helped me, the therapist helped me to realize that, you know, I had value just for who I was and not what I could do for people. Right. Um, so that was kind of the tipping point. It was, it was right at the beginning of the pregnancy. Like that was what made me take it seriously. And he helped me to kind of just realize what a dangerous place my mind had been and how powerful my mind actually was to be able to overcome it all. Like it was pointed out to me, if you can so vividly remember details of what happened to you in the past and you can like actually feel like you're living in it again, like that's how strong your brain is and your imagination Mm -hmm. that you can project yourself into it. So if your brain's powerful enough to do that, it's powerful enough to turn that off or to bring yourself into the present or to change even the way that you remember things. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was a big, a big part of it was just realizing that not only is your brain crazy strong, but you are strong enough to control it and make it kind of do what you want to do. Yeah, that is, uh, well, <laughs> I always geek out like mindset and nervous system and all those things. And it's, it's so, it's so true because the very same things like the processes in our brain that are happening that are causing you know this dysregulation and in, in those like you said that vivid rem- memory is the very same tools that it's gonna undo all of that you know it's just a mm-hmm. matter of like like you know that guy speaking into that and, and revealing that to you so that's that's really really awesome and and also just to you too of being able to really take it seriously and, you know, put those, those really heavy things aside and be like, okay, I have a new mission. And and I just think that's really encouraging. So thank you for sharing that story. And mm-hmm. um, it kind of leads me to my next question in terms of like, you know, you have these certifications. And so um, at what point were you like, okay, I am, I'm good now and I want to help others. So tell me about that kind of transition into it. Yeah. So I think one thing, like how you said, I'm good now. So that's something that is kind of a gray area. Um, just because I think when you're kind of recovering, especially from things like people pleasing, I I don't think you can ever say you're a recovered people pleaser. I think it's more you're recovering the same way. Um, you know, like people with addictions with like alcohol, they say they're a recovering alcoholic. They never really say like, oh, I've healed, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Because there's always that temptation to relapse. 
And I feel like a lot of the times things like trauma, trauma related things like um, people pleasing or overthinking, you're always susceptible to a relapse because it is an addiction. It's an addiction to like external validation or depending on the person and on the root of it, it, there are a lot of different sources, but a lot of the time it is an addiction and you can fall back into it and not even realize that you're doing it. And so I think that like that is kind of a gray area because you can, you can be healed, but still be on a healing journey. Yeah. Um, so like the way that I see it is when you can think about the things that happen and not burst into tears mm. or not have a panic attack, you can acknowledge that they happened without feeling all of that falling apart, like emotion when you're thinking about it. And even you could be 10 years, you know, go 10 years without a trigger or whatever, and feel like you have healed and think that you're good. And then one day something could just hit you out of the blue, you fall apart and there's there's nothing to be ashamed of if that happens. Like it's just part of the process. Um, but so I think for me, it was it was after she was born. I think she was probably about six months old, my daughter. And that was when I stopped having, because even after I had her, I, I still had panic attacks, but I was able to kind of get them under control a lot faster because mm. she would wake up or she would need a bottle or something. She would need something from me. And I would be able to be like, okay, I'm I'm stepping out of my trigger falling apart phase. I'm stepping into my mom role. I can do this. And I mean, with a newborn, that's happening like every five minutes. So (laughs) I didn't have time to be constantly like falling apart or woe is me, the victim mentality or anything. And after she'd go to sleep, I was very lucky. My daughter was a great sleeper. She would sleep long stretches at night. And those were when I would sit down and I would talk to my husband about my day or I would write in my journal and I would just figure all that, like all of these positive little things, every little moment that she had or that I had with her, all these new experiences. And I would choose per- very purposely to focus on those. Mm. And then, you know, if I would have my fall apart moment, you know, I would tell my husband exactly what I was going through. So I had a solid support system. I was still going to therapy and talking with my therapist about all the different things that I was going through. And I started doing the cognitive behavioral therapy as well. Mm. And just pretty much all the combination. Um, so yeah, I'd say within the first six months of her, I being in my life, I was able to figure out what was important to me and start to find that mission that I felt that I had. And that was when I was like, okay, I'm I'm doing great. And I think that I can help someone else now. And then it was also be doing the certification programs because you're learning so much. Like I've always been someone who loved research. I love learning new things and just pushing that self-development. And through the certifications to do these things, I was learning all of these new techniques that I could practice on myself. And like actually increase my own healing journey. So every time I've thought that I was good, I've learned something new and I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even know I was holding on to that. And now I just learned how to let it go. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Like an onion just comes mm-hmm. out in layers and layers. <laughs> so that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even as recently as this week, I've, I've realized that there were things that I didn't realize I was still holding on to and I was able to let them go. And it's, it's powerful. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I love that because instead of, you know, you mentioned a little bit earlier of like, you know, if you have a relapse and, you, you know, or you're having these emotions come up again, it's like, oh, wow, there's just another thing. Instead of thinking about like, oh, man, I'm here again. It's like, oh, here's another layer for me to, you know, unpack. And it becomes this journey instead of this like, you know, disheartening experience. It's just really cool to be able to take that and reverse it around. So I love that. Um, and so I guess I just want to know from, you know, as we kind of get ready to wrap this up. What would you have, what piece of advice would you have for kind of someone going 
in the thick of it and, you know, just starting this journey or in the middle of this journey, what would you tell them right now? The most important thing is that you're worthy of love and deserving of good things. So like pretty much too, like it, it doesn't, it's not about what you can do for other people or what you can provide necessarily. It's who you are as a person and be like being loved is your birthright. Mm. I love that. That's beautiful. Thank you. Awesome. Yes. So at the end of each episode, we come up with a question of the day. And my question of the day for you and the listeners listening to this now is what is your favorite pastime in the fall season? Pumpkin picking. Absolutely. It was uh, something I did as a kid with my mom when I was little. We went every year. That was back when it was like, you know, you pay $2 and you get a pumpkin. It wasn't like <laughs> by weight and all of that crazy nonsense. But <laughs> we would do, me and all my cousins, my mom and my aunts, they would take us all and we would go do a hayride. We'd all pick a pumpkin and then we'd go home and carve it. And it was like a whole day, a whole experience. And it's even more so now My for my daughter's birthday. She's an October baby. And we always say spend her actual birthday doing the hayride, pick a pumpkin. And then we come home and she paints it. So that is so cool. absolutely my favorite fall thing. I love it. <laughs> well, first of all, I just, I could live fall all year round. I, I just love fall. Um, and I would say very similar. We love the, the corn maze is our thing. Getting lost mm-hmm. in the corn maze is my favorite. And I look forward to it every year in the flannel. And you know, my <laughs> yeah, the flannel twice. and the boots. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will wear that every year. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, Head on over to the Facebook group and let us know what your favorite fall pastime is as well. Well, Mama, that wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for being here with us again this week. Before you go, please make sure you hit that follow button so you get notified of all the new episodes that are coming up and head on over to the Thriving Mompreneurs Facebook community and join us there. In our thriving community, you will be connected with other business and family-minded mamas looking to feel fulfilled and energized within their lives. And you will be able to start implementing some of the tools we talked about right here on this podcast with some amazing accountability. All right, mama, we will see you at the same time, same place next week. And remember, you were made to thrive. See you next time.